Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Save big money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. I'm very excited to bring you Taya's birth story today. Now, Taya planned for a home birth and ended up transferring to the hospital. And we've had a couple of stories on the show about that. And what I think is so great about these stories is it's just a powerful example of what to do and how to show up in the face of circumstances when they don't go exactly the way that you planned, because that's life, right? And so birth would really be no exception as far as throwing you some surprises and curveballs. And we also talk about a miscarriage that Taya experienced before this pregnancy and how that impacted her and how to really support someone going through that experience. We talk about naturopath and integrative health and healing. Taya is very knowledgeable in that area, having a master's degree in it. And, you know, despite the transfer to the hospital, Taya says she advocated for herself and still ultimately got everything that she wanted out of her birth experience and wasn't disappointed at all. That's pretty awesome. And we totally dig that. So thank you so much to Taya. We love you. And here is her story. Hi, Taya. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on the Doing It at Home podcast. We really appreciate you. Uh, How are you? Great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. We are awesome. Yeah, we're doing fantastic. Yeah. As Matthew said before we hit record, we're kind of dusting off cobwebs of a long weekend. So uh, we're putting that out there now in case there's any <laughs> errors on our end. I'm going to blame it on that. Cover our butts. <laughs> no worries. I know we have two babies close in age, so I know how it is. Yes, yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that baby of yours and your family and where you're from. Sure. I'm from a small town in Connecticut called East Haddam. Um, I moved here about two months ago, so I'm still getting to know the town and the people, and we really love it so far. Um, we moved about 30 minutes from where we were living previously, um, so it's definitely an adjustment, but it's all fun. Um, I'm married to my husband, Alex. We've been married for three and a half years. Um, and we have a daughter named Harley who just turned 10 months old. That's such a cute name. Yes. I love the name Harley. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you have definitely weak. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I agree. Um, <laughs> I was going to say you have a really cool story. Um, you know, in our emails back and forth, I know there's a lot to it that can inspire and empower a lot of women out there at different stages in their, their family planning process, whether they're pregnant or soon to become pregnant or even have a baby. So I'm, I'm really excited for you to share that with us and with our listeners to, to kind of kick it off. Why don't you start a little bit with home birth as a concept for you and where that came about and how you started that, that journey for yourself. Sure. So, um, before I got pregnant, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I wasn't really thinking about that at all when I, when I wasn't thinking about babies. Um, but I've been working with a naturopath who I'm really close with for, a few years now and she had a home birth and so when I told her that Alex and I were ready to start a family um, she had just kind of asked me you know what do you want to do for that are you what are you planning for and she shared a little bit about her experience and so it just opened my eyes to options that I didn't know that I had and it really intrigued me so I knew um, that home birth really resonated with me. And so I pursued it. And um, lucky enough, at the time, my midwife practice was five minutes from my house. So it was, it felt like a perfect match. Um, so that's kind of how I became interested in home birth. So what was it about home birth that resonated with you? Um, I think just birth as a natural process. Um, birth just happens every day. And I think through my own research, I learned that um, the less intervention, the better in a large percentage of cases. Um, I'm 100% for emergency medicine, but I, I have a very... Um, I'm very natural minded. Um, I just recently got my master's in integrative health and healing. And one of our modules that we um, covered was naturopathic medicine. And that's when I became very, very interested in it. And so I started to research it. And I just realized that home birth was going to be the best um, choice for me because I was seeking a vaginal birth. And I knew that as a first-time mom, I think my best chance of um, having that was to be at home in my own environment, um, to create a space for myself and my family that made me feel comfortable and open and safe. And, and so that's why I chose home birth. Oh, that's beautiful. And where was Alex in the in the process and in the, the, the thought around that? I think much like myself in the beginning, he hadn't really given much thought to it um, because I think we both thought, okay, you have a baby, you go to the hospital. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's kind of how things, and I think things are changing, but that's kind of how things work today. That's how it's 
done most of the time. And so then I brought this up and he was very taken back. Um, and after a while, I think, because I shared a lot of the things that I learned in my master's program with him because I lived it for two years, of course, like when you're going through that, you are just diving into so much of the unknown. And, um, I started sharing more and more with him and he, he got on board and we are very like-minded now. I don't think we were in the beginning, but it was cool to see his transformation um, and to know that there is data to back it up. It's not just, you know, willy-nilly, we're just going to just have a baby at home. It's not, it's not like that. And I think, I think a lot of people think that about home birth. That's my experience. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I like that a lot. I like that there was a there was a process to, as you said, like getting on the same page and getting on board together. I really think we create and manifest the perfect partners for us in our lives. And so maybe on some level that piece of it was necessary for you to, you know, reaffirm where you were at or, you know, that's, that's nice sometimes to be able to have that process of kind of explaining and sharing and, and information gathering to, to reemphasize for yourself why you're doing it. So I think that's cool that you got to go on that journey with Alex and, and come to that, you know, now place that you are at together. Yeah, it's very cool. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So then what, what was next for you guys in your, in, in the iteration of, of growing your family and planning? Yeah. So that, um, the whole journey to home birth, that was preliminary and that was 2014. And then in June we decided, okay, we were ready. And we kind of just decided in a swoop, like, all right, we're going to have a baby. And we were in, a one-bedroom apartment, and so we're like, all right, we're going to move, and we need a bigger place, and we're going to have a baby. So we tried, and then that first month, we got pregnant, and we were very excited. And thinking about now, I um, we were so excited that I planned, I, I planned this whole thing out with my little sister. I made this big sign that said, you're going to be a daddy. And I surprised Alex. I brought him down to the beach and I had my sister hang the sign up on this gazebo. And she was so surprised. Like I had kept this a secret for, I don't know, 
a day or two. And actually, um, that day that I surprised him, I got flowers because the only person that I had told before my husband was my naturopath. Mm. So she sent me flowers. He came home to these flowers and he's like, what are these for? (laughs) And I was like, oh, I just think that she's happy that, you know, I'm getting better because I was dealing with some um, digestive issues that we resolved and so I was just trying to play it out. He's like, okay. It's a very but thorough she, naturopath. Yes. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's just super gracious. So, and she is. But um, anyway, so he did believe that, he, which was hilarious because I'm like, really? She's not going to send me flowers for that. But I'm like, good. He believes it. So anyways, I surprised him and then I told him what those flowers were for. And we were so excited. So we kind of began our journey. We started going to see the midwives and I felt like, um, I felt like hungover in the morning. Um, and then around 10 and a half weeks, I went to my midwife appointment. This was in August and my, my symptoms had just gone away. And I thought, wow, like, I guess week 12 is coming early. And my midwife was like, well, I'm not really sure. I'd like to send you for an ultrasound. And I was very confused. Uh, we both were. We were like, why are, why are you so concerned about this? And so we went for the ultrasound, and I found out then that I had lost the baby. It just came as a huge shock. Um, we were just sitting in the room, just we didn't even know what to say to each other because this had never crossed our minds. And I, I probably knew one other person who had had a miscarriage and it was a very long time ago for that person. And so I just didn't know what to expect. And I ended up having a natural miscarriage. Um, and it was really hard. I, um, was very depressed for about three months. And it was hard to talk about because I felt like I wasn't entitled to postpartum depression um, Mm. because I didn't have a baby to show for it. And I didn't feel like I had a ton of support because it felt like a loved one had died. People supported me for about a week and then for those people, it kind of went away, but for me, it didn't. Wow. And they didn't mean it personally. Of course, they sure. wouldn't be there for me, but they couldn't understand because they weren't going through it at that particular time or yeah. ever. And most of the people that I knew did not have a miscarriage, as far as I knew. Um, and so they really, really couldn't understand that. Um, and so that just was a test of just my relationship with Alex at that point, it was really, really tough for us because we were both in a really low place. And my husband is so positive. He was, he was, he was there for me. He was my rock. Um, but he was ready to move forward and ready to move on. And I just couldn't go there at that time. Um, so that was hard. Um, 
lost my train of thought for a second. Well, I just, while you find it, (laughs) I just want to acknowledge Mm you uh, for, for that level of transparency and sharing all of that with us. I mean, I think there's so many things that people could gather from everything you just described, whether they've experienced one or not, because I think that's huge what you said about kind of a week going by. And then what you said not to their, not to any kind of malicious intent or lack of caring about you, but really just a lack of understanding. And so I think what you described and what you shared can serve as an example and as an inspiration for people who might be listening, who have known someone who's gone through that and don't really know what to do for them. Um, when you think back to that, are there any things that people could have done for you or could have done different to offer support? Um, yeah, I think, and this is an interesting thing to say, I guess, but they could have just not said anything. Mm. Um, I heard a lot of, it was, it wasn't meant to be. Right. Um, Uh, A lot of things to that effect. And that was really challenging for me because I felt that they were judging me and I felt that they were trying to set the stepping stone for my life. And I couldn't understand at the time why it happened. And I was, I was trying, I was trying and I shouldn't have. I should have just let it be, but I didn't know what to do. And I, and so that's one of the reasons I didn't feel a lot of support because I felt like people thought that they had to say something. And I wish that I wish that people just said that they were sorry and then just left it at that. If you need me and if you want to talk, I'm here. And, um, I learned from that. I learned from my experience with that because once I started to open up to people, there were many people um, over over the next year that um, people were popping up saying that they had a miscarriage. And it was amazing the number of people that I heard from. And then um, a bunch of my friends actually had miscarriages and I was able to be there for them. And so I realized um, if anything, maybe that's why this happened so that I could be a helping hand or a shoulder to cry on or a sense of support. And, um, so. Wow. That's an amazing place of, of healing and power for you to be able to bring yourself to, and to be able to talk about it like you do now. And like you said, be a support for others and, I'm, I would imagine that it has played a part in who you are and how you are as a mom now, too. Definitely. So then what was the healing process like moving forward, and when did you decide, or if you decided, um, to become pregnant again? Or I, I don't, I'm not sure if, if it was a surprise or if it was planned. Yeah, so it was planned. Um my doctor suggested I wait three months, um, which some days that was harder than others because I was still ready to have a baby. I bet. Um, but I waited. I knew that was what was best for my body to heal. And so after the three months were up, 
I, we tried again and I got pregnant that first time. And between that time that I had my miscarriage and I got pregnant again, my naturopath and I did some pregnancy preparation, nutritional, um, some supplements, um, just to really prepare my body, mind, and spirit to be pregnant again. Um, because, of course, I was so nervous. Yeah, um, yeah. And because, you know, that kind of, that's what she would do anyways. If someone came to her and said, I want to get pregnant, we would do a pregnancy prep. So I did that, got pregnant again. Um, and that was in December of 2014. Hmm. I don't know why I'm. Hopefully, you guys can cut this out because I can't even remember the right no year. Well, no she's, if she's 10 months old, we got pregnant in 2015. 15. At the end of 2015. That was 2015. So I must have had my miscarriage in 2015 and then got pregnant. Okay. In, yeah, that must have been it. And then got pregnant in December of 2015. Yeah, right. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I got pregnant in December of 2015 and started my my second pregnancy journey. And I was nervous all the way up until probably 20 weeks. Mm, and yeah. celebrated. And I did not tell anyone that I was pregnant, even my parents, until I was 20 weeks. So it was just Alex and I that knew. Right. Um, because I I didn't have a great experience with the response. Even though I I did need that support from my friends when I miscarried, I still just kind of, I didn't want to go through that whole thing all over again with people. And so I just waited until 20 weeks. Yeah. That's totally understandable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the pregnancy was great. I had, um, I really didn't have any pregnancy symptoms. In those days, I forgot that I was pregnant. I continued to exercise. I continued to eat healthy, um, take my vitamins that I needed, prenatal, vitamin C, all of that, cod liver oil. Um, and so I had a great pregnancy. You know, I was tired at night, but... That was, um, it's funny to think back on now with a baby. If I ever <laughs> got pregnant again, I'm like, how am I supposed to be pregnant with a baby, even though people do that all the time? Oh, yeah. I ask myself that very often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really, though, I, pic- I picture myself, like, laid up on the couch, and, like, Alice would make dinner, bring it out to me, and then I'd be like, no. We can't have this. <laughs> can't do that right now. And like, and I wasn't even really sick, so I wasn't sick at all. And so I can't even imagine being more sick. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, question for you: Were you working with the same midwives? Yes. Okay. I cool. was. Um, yeah. So we were still um, in very close proximity to them, and I still loved them. I felt a lot of support from them. 
Um, and yep, so I was working with them. Great, great. And then what were some of the things you envisioned about birth in, in the process of planning for your home birth? What are some of the things, the elements that you, you knew you wanted? Um, of course I wanted to be at home cause that's what I was planning for. Um, I wanted a serene environment. I just wanted my husband and my midwife there. I didn't want any other support at the time. That's what I thought would make me feel most comfortable and uninhibited. Um, and yeah, I, I tried to, I planned, I, I did a lot of um, envisioning how I pictured things to go. Um, I did a lot of my own research on why birth is normal. I read a lot of books. I followed a lot of mom and birth Instagram accounts. Um, I talked to a lot of people openly about things, about what I wanted and what I envisioned. And I surrounded myself with people who supported that. And I was so excited, so excited for birth. It was just right around the corner and I felt so prepared. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I wanted it to be a calm birth. I wanted to have a water birth. Um, and then otherwise I tried to just let it be what it was because I also knew whatever was going to happen was going to happen. Yeah. So I knew that I couldn't control it, but I wanted to be as prepared as possible and have as much knowledge as possible so that whatever situation I was in, I would know how to deal with it. And I want to say that I was thinking that way. But after giving birth, I don't think that I always knew how to deal with every situation I was put in, especially when you're in labor. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. that's how I was thinking. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft. Made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So take us to Harley's birthday. How did you know that labor was starting? So, on a Sunday night, um, at midnight, exactly, my water broke. 
And Alex and I, we had a guest bedroom downstairs and Alex and I were sleeping in the guest bedroom because my midwives had said, you know, we don't want you going up and down the stairs after birth. And so if you want to just plant yourself in your guest bedroom, that would be great. Or if you want to be upstairs, that's fine. But just know that we don't want you going up and down the stairs um, too much for two weeks. So I was like, okay, let's just get the guest bedroom ready and let's just set up shop in there. So we did that. So we were sleeping there. And it was our first night sleeping in the guest bedroom. And I was 38 and a half weeks. And I was so ready to be done with pregnancy. (laughs) Um, Even though I had a healthy pregnancy, but I was carrying extra weight and um, it was just uncomfortable. And it was August. Yeah, I get you there. Oh, my gosh. So the night that my water broke, we, a few hours prior, we had gone over to one of my best girlfriend's houses to see her brand-new baby, who was a month old. And we went out to a movie by ourselves. The dad stayed with the baby. And... We went to a funny movie, and then we came home, and we had spicy Mexican food because I was done with pregnancy. So my girlfriend said, "Let's get spicy Mexican." Oh my god! So, um, so then she said, um, "You know, the night that I went into labor, I went to a funny movie." with her husband and they have both Mexicans. And so I'm like, Oh, that's funny. But then I was just like, this is never going to happen. I'm going to be like 41, 42 weeks. I'm never going into labor. I just got to that point, even though I was only 38 and a half weeks, just hilarious because most first time moms go overdue. It's like 41 and two days or something. I don't know. So anyways, I went home that night, my water broke, but I said to Alex, we're not telling anyone, we're not going to have paparazzi coming over here. Yes. <laughs> um, but I woke up, I went out, I laid on the couch and tried to get some rest because my midwife said, you need rest. So when your water, if your water breaks or whenever you go into labor, you need to get rest. So I went out to the living room, tried to lay down, but first time mom, I'm excited. I did not get any rest. Um, I didn't actually have my first contraction until 5 p.m. that next day. So 12, yeah, so 12 a.m. my water breaks, and then it's just continuously breaking. That next day, we went to my midwife practice to have them check to make sure it was actually my water. They confirmed that. Um, And I said to Alex, I'm not going to be able to get my nails done for a really long time. So I'm not in labor. So can we please go just drop me on with the nail salon and go get some adult diapers for me, please? That's awesome. My water's not going to stop breaking. And so that is just hilarious to think about now, but that's what he did. So, you know, he's trying to be a good dad to be, so he goes to get me some diapers. So I got my nails done. We went home, tried to relax. But we just were so excited. So finally, 5 p.m., my contractions start. And they got really intense very quickly. Mm, And I think, Sarah, I think in your birth story, I remember you saying that that happened to you. Is that right? Yes, pretty much. There wasn't 
there wasn't, oh, this is happening and we'll do that. Like, oh, okay, right. okay. Good. Yeah. Lock right. in, lock yeah. in, get ready. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wasn't nervous at all, but I was thinking about the fact that my water had been broken sure. for, you know, hours. It was the whole day. And so the contractions got really intense. And so I think through all of my preparation, I felt like I was extremely prepared. They got really intense, really fast. I was doing a vitamin C regimen, which I felt was going to help me have a little bit of a quicker labor. I was exercising um, a lot. I was running until 34, 35 weeks. Um, and so it got intense very fast and it stayed intense and it kept going on. So my midwife came over at 9 p.m., checked me and I was fully effaced, but I was only one centimeter dilated. So she told me that she was going to go back to the office and sleep and then call her when the contractions are three minutes apart or something like that. Um, they continue, the contractions continued to get very intense very quickly. And so about an hour and a half or two hours later, she came back. And she just stayed because it was very intense. And she kept thinking I was at 10 centimeters. It was so intense that she, you know, she she said, let me check you because I think you're at 10. Like at 3 a.m., I told her, and I, <clears throat> I had this plastered all over my refrigerator. Like, I will not go to the hospital. And I was insistent mm. on it. I'm not going to the hospital unless there's an emergency. If there's an emergency, of course, you know, save my baby, save me. But everything is normal. I don't want to go. And so when I said that to her, she said, okay, well, let me check you because I think you might be at 10. So if you're at 10, then we can't go to the hospital. I'm like, well, worry. I mean, if I'm at 10, then we're good to go here. (laughs) It's Um, showtime. But I was getting, yeah, it's showtime. But I was getting so tired because I really hadn't had any rest and I felt like I couldn't um, eat anything um, or drink anything. I could not take a sip of water for the life of me. Why? I don't know. But And I was just, it was pretty funny. I was sitting on the couch and I told them that I was going to throw up. And she was like, okay, well, let's get to the bathroom. And I was like, no. I'm going to throw up right here. The bathroom looks like two feet away. But I was told her, I need to throw up on the couch. Can you put a towel down so I can throw up? And I never threw up. But I just, it was just, just the funniest things. Um, And so I told her I wanted to go to the hospital at 3 a.m. She checked me. I was at three centimeters. Hmm. But then I said, no, I changed my mind. I can do it. And so from then on, we started chanting. We were walking around the house chanting, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And we were all three chanting in the house. That's cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I tried all different positions. Um, We we were in every single room of the house. We probably used every piece of furniture. We were on the bed, we were in the living room, on the floor. Um, And my midwife was great and Alice was great 
And then at 6 a.m., I told them I was so tired. And I was, I was worried that I would be too tired to push when it came time to do that. And right. yeah. again, my midwife said, you know, I think you might be at 10, so let me check you. And I wasn't. I was still at 3. Wow. And I was just so tired. And so I said, I think I need to go to the hospital because I was, again, concerned that I wouldn't have the energy to push. But mm -hmm. I also um, did not want it to become an emergency situation and not have a vaginal birth because I knew that everything was normal. Absolutely. I didn't want it to become a situation because ultimately, even if I didn't get my home birth, I wanted that vaginal birth because I knew that was what was going to be best for me and my baby. So we went to the hospital. Um, it was about a 25 minute ride there. And of course we were stuck behind it slowest people ever I was in the back <laughs> of the car chanting <laughs> um what were you saying this then, time what, what were you chanting oh my oh it was probably still I can do this or I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay yeah. and like Alice was chanting I was like pounding on the, on the seat I was sitting right behind him oh my goodness um so anyways got to the hospital um and around 12, so that was six hours after that, I got the epidural. Um, and so I did have natural labor for quite a while, from 5 p.m. to 12 p.m. that next day. The next day, yeah, wow. Um, yeah, so um, that was good. And once I got the epidural, I was able to rest a little bit. Um, and so... I, I kind of said to myself, you know, this isn't what I wanted. Um, I'm, I don't need to be here. I chose to be here. This is going to be what's best for us now because I need, I need rest, but it's not an emergency. Um, and so I'm just going to enjoy it. And so the nurse said, do you want Italian ice? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> and I had like three Italian nights <laughs> and we talked, we laughed, we cycled through all of my midwives except one, um, because I was in labor for so long that they were on duty, off duty. And they came to the hospital with me and they never left my That's side. Awesome. Uh, one of my midwives from the practice was there until Harley was born. That's really cool. That's um, yeah, it was amazing. And they became a doula because um, they didn't have rights at the hospital. They used to, actually. but um, So they were there. Um, one of my midwives gave me a foot massage. She was just amazing. That's and I'm curious. Yeah, so, I, I have a question sure. about the, the hospital and the transferring. How, how were you received there as a home birth transfer? Whether, whether any kind of issues there? Did you feel any sort of type of way from the staff or the doctors or anything like that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Um, well, my, since my midwives used to have rights at this particular hospital, they were very kind. That's great. Um, but at the same time, my water had been broken for a certain period of time. So I did, um, and I'm glad you asked this, um, because I had the knowledge that I had, I walked in with an agenda. I was having a vaginal birth. I came in for the epidural because I needed rest. And they did want to give me a C-section. They did want to push 
doing other things. And I just, I had to fight for myself and I had a wonderful support system and I had the, um, the background of my midwives too. And my midwives are nurse practitioners. So they know, um, you know, they're, they've worked in both worlds. And so it was great to have them there. Um, so it's kind of, they were, they received us very well because my midwives had a history there, but at the same time, they, um, were very insistent upon medical intervention. And I pushed back because I knew my stuff and I said, there's no reason for this. And, um, so does that answer your question? A yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think, I think it brings up a lot of important points there that to have your, your advocacy group in place, um, yeah. in the event of that, because maybe if, if you were in a different place or if you were someone different, you know, like you said, you're tired at that point, you're exhausted, you want to do what's best for you and for baby, and you might have your plans and your ideas, but of course they're going to try to influence and push what they are trained to do and in their mind what's going to be the easiest you know path of least resistance to maybe just take you into the or or to um you know other other forms of intervention so they're doing what they are there to do and if you don't have that sort of background or that agenda as you mentioned can be very easy to be swayed into things that afterwards you might be upset about so I think that's cool Absolutely. that you you were very firm in in all of that. Yeah, thank you. That's a very good point. And before we had left the house, I expressed to my midwife that I was nervous to go to the hospital because I told her I do not want a C-section. And she said, hey, it's your body. You can tell them you don't want a C-section. And I said, I can? And she said, yeah if you don't want a C-section, that's your choice. And so when we got there and they recommended it and mentioned it, I said, there's no medical reason for a C-section. I'm not having a C-section. And she said, oh, okay. And I was like, okay. There you go. And we had, we had a, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Right. And we had a couple discussions about it because it came back in multiple times. And they came back in with a team of doctors and they tried to, and I'm, this is my own, not spin on, but opinion. They tried to tell me that, you know, they felt that my baby was very small. And so they were going to have a pediatrician come in directly after she was born. And I was just like, nobody's touching my baby. When my baby is born, my baby will be held by me and me only. And no one will take my baby away from me. And that is my right. And that's what's happening. And they were like, okay. And I think they were a little taken back because I don't know. I don't know if that's the norm for women to say that, but I knew what my right was. And I told them, I don't want to be here right now. I want to be at my house and I chose to be here. So if there's no medical emergency, then I'm going to choose what's happening me very cool i love that yeah i'm happy you shared that just for everyone listening who you know may not have may not have have known may not have had that person in their lives to say hey listen it's your body you can decide you can say no Mm -hmm. you can even if you go to a hospital you still have 
a voice, you have the ability to to choose, uh, you know, have some control in there. And so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being bold and, you know, standing up for yourself in the first place. That's, that's, uh, it's, it's inspiring. Thank you. So then what, what happened when Harley made her grand arrival? Yes. What was going on and how did that flow? Yeah. So 6 PM, um, they were ready for me to push and, I say they were ready for me to push because the hospital was ready for me to push. And my midwives advised me, you know, you, you can, um, but as we know in home birth, well, I don't know if everyone knows, but the baby, even when you're 10 centimeters dilated, labors down. And, you know, there's, they're at different stations. So I knew that they wanted me to start pushing at the hospital, but I didn't feel like Harley was low enough for me to push and I did not want to tear. And so the midwife came in and she said, you know, this is how many hours you've been in labor. We need you to start pushing. And she was very firm on that. And so at that point I was just kind of, I was fed up with the hospital, but I also, I was still comfortable and I still was you know positive about it I was about to meet my baby and I just said okay and then I pushed for three hours and I pushed for three hours because one of the reasons is because she wasn't at the right station like she was still up higher than you know that she would have been if we had waited maybe an hour or however long it was going to take for her to labor down because I could feel her moving down because I could feel the pressure. And I guess with the epidural, I had a very low dose of the epidural. So with pushing, I felt it was, I, I was, I was squatting, pushing. Mm, I didn't, okay. I, I could feel my legs and I yeah, could I was feel her laboring down. Yeah. So I really, I only wanted enough epidural so that I could rest a little bit and so that I would have the energy to push. I just wanted a very low dose of it. So I think I got one dose of the epidural and then I think that was all I all I got. So they told me they wanted me to start pushing and I did, but it took a very long time because I didn't push hard. I was not about to tear my body in half. I did not want to be stitched up and I also understand everybody's experience is different and tears happen and some of them need to be stitched up and whatever. But I knew that my best chance of getting where I wanted was to let my body push itself as much as possible. But because I had the epidural, I did have to push, um, you know, more than if I, more than if I didn't have it, I guess. And that was what I was thinking in my mind at the time. So, um, I just, I just, they were, they were basically, it was a typical hospital scenario. They were like, push, push. Oh, wow. And I was, I was laughing at them. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, is this a movie? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I just did what I wanted to do because I knew I could. And so I just, you know, gave little pushes and I just, um, I had my baby and I didn't know if she was a girl or boy. And the midwife was like, she was almost out. And what a strange feeling when the baby's halfway in and halfway out. Isn't that the strangest thing in the world? (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> crazy. Um, and so then the midwife said, pull your baby out and up to your chest. And I was so done with that. I'm just like, take the baby out. Yes. <laughs> and she was put on my chest. And throughout the entire pregnancy, we thought she was a boy. Down to the detail of everyone gotten boy stuff or gender <laughs> gender neutral because we were a hundred percent sure that she was a boy. That's yeah. funny. And when she came out, the umbilical cord was between her legs, and so I still thought she was a boy. And so I looked down, I'm like, it's a boy, and I'm looking at her. I didn't say that, but I'm thinking it's a boy. And then I realized it was the umbilical cord and I lifted it up. And so, you know, we were in the hospital, which I didn't plan to be there, so no one knew I wasn't with I was with my midwives, but the other people there didn't know me personally at all. And so they didn't know that I expected it to be a boy. So I lifted up her umbilical cord and I said, it's a girl. Uh. And my husband just burst out in tears and they were like, oh, yay, is that okay? (laughs) That's cool. I was like, oh my gosh. And Alex was just like, it's a girl. And he was just bawling and it was Aww. amazing like that was probably the one of the best dad moments I've ever seen <laughs> and um and then I just felt wonderful and I had her and we had all these boy names picked out but we had the name Harley picked out because we wanted a very strong name because she was my rainbow baby and so she was just amazing but she had a cone head and it was hilarious, and it immediately <laughs> went back to, like, normal shape. <laughs> and my husband was so concerned because he did not know that that was going to right, happen or could happen. happen. Yeah, three yeah. hours of pushing. Um, Oof. Right, right. So, um, yeah, and the hospital staff was just lured at how mobile I was. I wanted to get up. They asked me if I wanted pain medication. I was just like, no, I don't want pain medication. I'm not in pain. Right. I'm great. And I was um, just so happy. And, and they were happy. And the hospital staff was great. Like, they were, they were wonderful. They were doing their job. And they did their job well. And they did listen when I expressed what I wanted and they took care of me very well and you know so we're all excited and she was born and it was wonderful wow I love that so you cool. you made the birth experience uniquely yours and Alex's and Harley's and created you know given the circumstance and the shift the um, a magical experience like you said you you knew you weren't um an emergency however you made the decision you made the choice and you were you stayed in tune with your body and your um desires and your vision and and here she is 10 months later yeah yeah it was great it was great and i yeah i i I was a little concerned about myself, about whether I would be okay with the fact that I made the choice to go to the hospital because I was in labor when I made that choice. And if I were, if I were my rational self, and I, I'm going to say that in quotations because not that I'm not my rational self, but I'm different in labor. Um, I was, I was concerned that I would look back on it and be really disappointed, but 
because I advocated for myself, I still ultimately got what I wanted. And so I, I just empowered myself with that. And so I'm so happy that I did my research beforehand. So I knew what was normal. Mm. Like I said before, that that's really inspiring. Just you prepared yourself, you educated yourself. And then when it came down to it, you advocated for yourself. And, you know, I, I love the fact like when you emailed us, you wrote in your email that um, you ended up making the decision to go to the hospital, but you weren't disappointed by that decision. And I, I get it. I can understand why after hearing your story and hearing just how you you stood up for yourself. I think that's really awesome. Thank you. And and I have to say that uh, we've done how many episodes of this show, babe? Like a few, a fair few. Yeah, and we've mm-hmm. interviewed so many moms and families. And it has. It wasn't until you shared that, you know, Alex's exclamation that it's a girl and how he burst into tears. I started tearing up. It was the first time oh. that's happened in this this whole podcasting we've done and uh it just put me back into that space with baby maya so thank you for yeah yeah thanks for sharing your story the way you did because it, it totally touched me i'm, I'm tearing up again <laughs> it's so sweet becoming a daddy it is it is it's like it's like i wish that i videotaped his reaction of course i couldn't right. in the moment but i wish someone videotaped his did someone videotape your reaction matthew uh yeah yeah, it is captured and and i started crying like crazy as well yeah yeah you just i don't know it's there's a huge release for the for the dads and for the partners um you know moms experience uh, an incredible release and 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 so do we and um yeah so alex if you're listening i hear you man i was right there with you (laughs) (laughs) he wishes he could be here I wanted him to join me and tell our birth story together, but well, he's he wasn't able to, so. he's here. He's here with the story and and all the emotions. So, we thank you. Yes, Taya, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate you, and um, I just I just know this is reaching people who needed to hear exactly this you yeah know, there's there's some piece of it i think can hit with all of us um and that experience of of pregnancy and birth and motherhood so appreciate you and um yeah you're you're awesome <laughs> thank you guys so much i love your podcast and i i only just recently discovered it um but i have listened to like every birth episode and they're so inspiring and um, thank you for doing what you do because families need this. Mm. And I hope that it inspires more people to choose home birth if they feel like that could be something that um, would be best for them because home birth is awesome. And if I ever have another baby, I will choose home birth again and again. Mm. Well, we we received that, Taya. So, thank you. It's it's speaking to people like yourself and hearing stories like yours that you know really inspires us and 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 fuels us and empowers us. So, thank you for being an awesome mama. Thank you guys so much.
Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.